0: Um okay I'm going to take a seat soon, uh, but I'll uh, introduce you first of all to our panel this evening. We have from the right production designer Tom Sayre on the left, executive producer Fifth tip Lady, and co-producer Suzanne Reed in the middle. For what you've just seen, ladies and gentlemen, please give them a warm welcome. I'd like to, to ask you first. You, you mentioned to me outside, just letting folk in on a little previous conversation that we had, this is this has been ten years in the making. Yeah. What was the initial kind of what was the, what was the idea way back ten years ago?
1: Originally, it had different writer and a couple of writers attached initially. In um, fact, was a very different script, and it was it was a movie script. Um, But the concept of it was more concentrating on the creatures i think and then about five years ago matthew reed came on board and all this really exciting work was happening by sky and esports and suddenly the possibility of being able to make it as a tv show um seemed yeah possible and actually it lends itself so well to I mean, obviously in that one you don't quite get, but the flashbacks continue. You learn about r- other r- uh, races as you go through. And so you can get really, really involved in, in what happens in terms of character. So they just really went for it. But the main drive is the same, is to entertain and people have a good time watching things. And no,
0: not intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in that probably 10 years was quite a long time for an idea to, to, to sit around. Was, was there a point in, in that time that you thought, well, maybe that's, that's done now?
1: Um, I think there's always that. I mean, timing of the projects, they often come... We often have things sort of rest and and you meet another writer and you pick it up again and you take things forward. So, in a way, that wasn't surprising, especially because that was feature films the first five years. That was sort of as feature films are. And to be honest, the moment Matthew and Will got together and started thinking of it as a TV show although that's sort of taken four years, that traction, it, it got traction really quickly. Sky was totally on board about it and have been really, it's felt quite quick. I know it's not quick, but you know, we took a year to film it. So 18 months from prep to, so actually when you're doing eight episodes, these things take like a very long time to make. I mean, we finished filming in June, I think, and we just delivered the final one two weeks ago, because you're into this world of the effects, etc. etc. that you're never normally me into. Yeah. So, um, I feel as a project, it's had a pretty smooth ride,
0: actually. Yeah, you want you want uh, traction, ride, drive? Sorry, doing I've, been, <laughs> and, oh, I've been I'm living it for too awesome long. Yeah, I've yeah, you
1: know, <laughs> been living here for an hour and a It's just through your blood. Yeah, blood.
2: no,
0: like like it, diesel. It, yes.
1: I think it's, it's really nice. So, I worked on Fortitude with Sky, and it's sort of, they were... When Anne Mensah took over, she was very much, you know, don't give us the ideas that BBC One and, and uh, ITV don't want. We want you to think differently about us. And this was always on our slate. Oh, that's a mad show that will probably never happen, but we sort of love it. Let's keep going. And actually, I think what's exciting about the industry at the moment is those ideas that are actually breaking, th- breaking through and you can make. So...
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's so uh, visually impactful, and uh, uh, Tom, I want to ask you when you're, when you you're faced with, you know, basically getting getting the, I suppose to some extent the, uh, the creative toy box out with this. Uh, tell us a bit about your role. It must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah we're just that
3: was it that Lots fun. of fun. Lots <laughs> of fun. And, you know, uh, we had to. It was. It was. Um, A game of two halves for design because there was the usual set design, location work, all that kind of stuff, and then this massive vehicle design side of things as well. Um, And so really, it was two different jobs in that respect, and uh, and could probably done with twice the amount of prep we had. But uh, but yeah, we had to we had to source vehicles from far and wide, multiples of them, um, because as you can imagine, once the race starts. Uh, there's a lot of damage to vehicles but we didn't shoot chronologically so we had to have four or five uh, repeats of each of the main character vehicles and um, they're all quite idiosyncratic unusual vehicles and there was a lot of vehicles that were built from the ground up as well so that was a whole that was all new to me it's new to everybody i think it's mm-hmm. fair to say to do it on that level uh, I and mean, we, we kind of referenced them um, we kept looking at fast and furious as kind of uh, 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 resource in terms of how, you know how much will it cost to move these vehicles how much will it cost to develop them and all that kind of stuff apart from that project there's not really been anything that's ever done this level of, of vehicle work and 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 maybe mad Max or something like that but yeah. then but then there was also this huge set element to it as well uh, where you've got underground bunkers and the, the government forces and all kinds of stuff that comes up in all, all the future episodes. So yeah, um, it was obviously
0: yeah it was a joy a joy to do. And it's good to see what uh, what happened to Simon Templar's Jag, there
3: Does that sound <laughs> <Temples laughs> yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> to my memory,
0: was I thing yeah. Uh, so. That's probably one of my
3: favourite vehicles, that Jag. Um, and we we stripped that back. I mean, that, those those cars are as old as they look. The Volvo is and the Jag's uh, eighty three, I think eighty four. And we had to get four of those, and we. Cut the backs out and put on these massive tires. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think um, it's such a learning curve to do something like that. We 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 knew there'd be a cost involved in, in designing and and, re- and modifying these vehicles. But I remember um, what the supervising art director coming to me after the first two weeks of work on j- just on the cars and saying to me, we've, "We've they've not done anything yet, and they've spent sixty thousand pounds on brake pads. And it's like, <laughs> So so even just to make the cars safe because of all the stuff they have to do." All of that before before I could get my hands on them and actually start detailing them and all that sort of stuff it was it was immense. It was Are you a thing. car fan? No, no, not really. <laughs> so this isn't <that's>, <laughs> like you know, your ideal job. Uh, uh, no, you know, I know. I like I like a car. I mean, uh, and I, I I drive a VW Polo um, <laughs> uh, because I think if I had anything other other than that I would probably drive too fast. So I kinda Yeah, I I I, I sat behind the wheel of every single one of those vehicles that were in that race. I never drove one of them. Really? I, I just knew what, hap- I knew what would happen if I did. I, our, our director bought the uh, Evo, it was an Evo, yeah. a tattooed Evo. Um, he he uh, bought it?
0: He bought it. What,
3: what He's
1: driving around Peckham in it now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not joking. <sighs> <laughs> it's
0: well, um, when you say you, you, you didn't want to drive any of these cars because you knew you would do, what would you do? Well,
3: you'd put the foot to the floor on okay. it yeah. And also, did, the props, you know, there's, oh, they're not that, they're sets. So right. each, especially, there's like six or seven main... Characters that you visit in each episode, um, find out more about them, and you barely see Billy Zane there in his camper van and all that. So there's all these characters that you you, you learn more about in each episode while the race is kind of going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I just didn't. I, yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to. If I got behind the wheel of one of these things, I, I, would, have, I would have broken it. And uh, and that's not a good thing for a designer to do. And everyone watches you, as well if you're the designer. Like, oh, he's going he's gonna break that. You know, you know. So um, and they were. All the main vehicles were, were essentially set, they were sets, first and foremost. I mean, we really bought these shells and turned them, oh them into something. And the idea is that you can you could look at one of those vehicles and you would know who, who inhabits them. And there's a lot of work. You, wouldn't, you can't imagine how much light you, can, you have to fit inside a vehicle so, so you can see the characters. It's not just like a little dashboard light. Like yeah. In this show you, we had lights everywhere because there's so much stuff at night, there's so much stuff takes place inside the cars and we were constantly caught out because even when we start shooting there was like, calls, more light, more light, more light because you, you need it, you know, if somebody's sitting in the back of a car normally you can't see them at all, you know, so yeah, whole families are squashed into
0: these things I would like to see a whole family getting squashed into the back of that Jaguar, I must say um, Suzanne, can you tell us about, about the, um, the visual um, Blueprint, if you like, uh, taking us back to the start, what, what were the what, what, what materials, what source materials were you, were you working from, both in terms of the story and also in terms of, of the visuals?
2: I mean, when I came on board as co-producer, uh, we had one script, mm-hmm. I think, um, and I'll never forget the first meeting um, down in the offices in London, not really knowing what I'd taken on, just that it was going to be slightly bonkers and a bit difficult. But the first script was amazing, and you know we ne- and also there was a, a look book or a bible was it, you call it a bible mm-hmm. where it had all the, the you know sort of like Will and Matthew's vision of you know wh- how they were selling the show and where that going you know and it actually Billy Zane's picture was in that and I knew I was on board as soon as I saw that. <laughs> I loved Billy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but it, we knew the, the thing about curfew is none of us really knew where to start you know and I remember sitting in that meeting the first thing and you know we were all there and we started talking about all the different elements that we're going to need to pull together the cars the prosthetics the VFX the you know what format we were going to shoot on and you know there was like there was so many you know meetings that were just blowing your mind because it was such a complicated show to pull together and when we go back we were in prep for six five months before mm-hmm. we shot you know and it it, it You know, it was so complicated, but we had the time to do it. But you know, there were so many times where we would all look at each other, going, I don't really know what we're doing." (laughs)
0: Um, Am I allowed to ask you um, a question? As
1: yes, as course
0: as as, uh, what's the budget on this?
1: Um, it's big. It's sort of three times a normal show, or doubles. Like so, we did Peaky Blinders, and it's probably double the cost of that. So it's probably not as much as you think, but it's it's big um, and that's we thought we were fine course, you know it, it, it you know as Tom said that vehicle whole you know it's it's really difficult and actually you know that isn't the dystopian world that we've created it's our world it's just an adjacent future and trying to get across that concept of what's the same but what's different so as an audience you, you You've got the way in about this is ordinary people that's in an extraordinary sort of situation. If you're that, and in terms of references, it's great. Uh, you know, Com really pushed us to have a wacky races spirit. Like wacky races was a reference. Will also said, if you could like these cars, you'd want to know you you recognise what they are. The characters,
0: the cars. They're characters. They're
1: absolutely yeah. characters. And you're supposed to have fun. You're supposed to enjoy this. You're supposed to remember watching Cannibal Run when you were seven and just loving that. You know that it's supposed. This is supposed to bring it back, but still really British. Yeah, the,
3: the uh, on the first day of prep for me. Um, I sat down with Simon Maloney, the producer, and, and he brought out, You can buy this box, uh, it's matchbox cars, and it's 50 in it, and he brought that out, so <laughs> this is how we start planning this, and the writers have got these, and the producers have them as well, and everyone had a box of these, and it, I mean, he's not going to enjoy that? Well, I mean,
0: big kids and weak kids, the unfortunate thing As wee kids are going to have the terrified bejesus be the movie. you know, I <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: okay. did the very budget, and now you sort of go, what was I think? But you do oh, twenty-five vehicles. No, ten of them. Let's have three of them times fifteen grand. You know, it's literally that. And then you go right. The three hundred grand? Oh well, we can't have three of them. And you know, oh, if we get in this pushing to have twenty-five vehicles that all look really different, doing different things, and then we worked out we need at least three of something. You suddenly go, yeah, cars cost a lot of money yeah. just because they don't work very well and we're going to change them all. It doesn't
3: make them cheaper, sadly, is it? you know. So, I think it that- It doesn't help if you've got the stick as your precision driver as Yeah, are, and breaking stuff. And <laughs> before before we even started shooting, we had um, we had uh, Mercedes on product, we, yeah. for one of the, one of the, the fact that ended up being the McLaren scene, was We had mm-hmm. a Mercedes, yeah. some huge sports car thing, and we had three of them in. in he broke the wall or somebody did anyway but uh, so you know you can go with McLaren I think so someone's broken the Mercedes
1: yeah yeah that's stick (laughs) but also you sort of go like you said we had one script but you you, we build a team that everybody everybody knows the show we're trying to make so that's really important that constant referencing and talking to each other and also then knowing we're not going to achieve it all what's important what do we keep what do we don't keep and the thing with TV and having Will and, um, and Matthew, the showrunner, respond to sequences, it means you could rewrite things, or um, the locations team would find something and go, "We found, you know, we found this. Can we now use this? Could we do this stunt?" And and actually, having Mark Much, who's our second unit director and the stunt director, he'd like, "Yeah, I can flip that bus. It's really easy." You're like, oh, "Great," but it's great because we've already got a stunt team on board, and things that normally would be like a massive thing, a, no, this is. We get the core team right and then what we can do with our little playset, then we you know it becomes a lot easier yeah, there, were, there
3: were dark days when when i think we had 35 racers originally and there was we had all these toy cars lined up and we painted them or made models of, of some of the character cars and then there was times where we're like somebody's got to go before we'd even you know <coughs> halfway through prep we have to just Take somebody off the board, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: like, no. have they bought that car? Right. Yeah. Well, they're never buying that yeah. car. Yeah. And, uh, w- while
0: we're on the subject okay. of stunts and everyone's obviously yeah. thinking about the stunt near the start, uh, tell us how how, uh, how long it took to, to pull that
2: off.
0: Um, <laughs> All right, I mean, is that CGI? Did you actually throw a car off on a flyover? Don't tell
2: them. No. <laughs> um, it was a lot of planning. You know, there's a lot of planning. Um, we, uh, we wrecked that location I think maybe 10 times um, uh, and that was like full wreckies with the stunt drivers everything you know so and um, there's a lot of planning we had to close the roads you know and um, we actually filmed it on a Sunday uh, it was actually over two weekends but um, you know on a Sunday uh, to be able to close the roads and have control of everything um, you know because we can have pedestrians walking around we can have anything because obviously it's a big stunt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of planning and conversations and
1: changing
0: and you know, so neatly dodged. <laughs> um, there's bits this bits. We should be miss, safe. Yeah. But, yeah. Um uh you mentioned um the the uh, you know the cannonball run, I, I'm thinking of you know, you've mentioned Mad Max as well, those those reference points are, are probably quite clear to a lot of folk, but it's more than that because you know, as you mentioned it's a sort of future now dystopia but it's also a, there's there's elements of domestic drama. In there, there's there's a lot of you know uh, interpersonal relationship dynamics being being played out, um, and it's quite clearly post Brexit Britain. So I mean, what were there any touchstones? Um, were there any touchstones that you that, you're, that you kind of had in your mind other than the ones that you've mentioned?
1: I think well the guys would reel them off. I mean, mean, you know, Escape from New York. I mean, Michael Bean turns up in in the next episode, so anyone, all the men over forty would just couldn't believe it. So it's you're supposed to, you know, those those movies themselves nod to other movies, and um, it was definitely that you should, you know, my favourite thing that I had to be told that I'd noticed, but the guy running into the school bus is dressed as Cali Reeve speed. You know, it's like, there's little things like that that you should be able to, as a viewer, if you get it, fine, if you don't get it, this, oh, look, it's a school bus, doesn't matter. But, you know, there's little playthings and then there's stunts. They were all re- referencing, partly because it's a shorthand as a filmmaker, to go, this is the kind of stunt we want to achieve, but it became... Hey, what's something going to do this episode? Do you know what? Do you know when the speed this happens and that happens? Let, can we, what's our version of that? So there's definitely a nod, because once you've seen a car race, uh, you know, how do you make it more interesting? So they really play with. Their film knowledge is so extraordinary, and, and Colin's just an extraordinary filmmaker. He's all, you know, absolutely everything. So I got a bit of a buzz watching them and playing and seeing what their version was going to be. So I hope that the audience has fun just on one level, I'm just going to enjoy this. If you're a genre geek, you might enjoy it at another level. Then you might suddenly remember, you know, it's just supposed to be good drama and meaningful. You've got to care about these people.
3: That, that, I yeah. The, the start of that race that you see just at the, at the end there, this huge rotunda that was originally a, a, meat, a meat market in Manchester and it was originally scripted that the start of the race was in some sort of aircraft hangar there was all these gates opening up and it was in a huge line and we found this location so we made, it, made that work and it's like an amphitheatre and once we all decided on it it just it made perfect sense but the, the, the sort of athletic quality that Mark Watch and the sort of action unit director brought to that you've never seen anything like it when, when all those cars and it's a total pinch point when there's only one, one exit out of there and you think when well, they all start off driving for that and they go for that it's just gonna be me and nobody's gonna get out and, uh, and he does the, it's just if you never watch anything else if you only get as far as that it's just <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. all Brilliant. these cars they all make out just about and it's
0: like
3: you know yeah it took him two weeks or something to rehearse yeah. all that and just yeah. you know with the cars and stuff and of course you know i'm working towards a a, a start shoot date with all these vehicles uh, but two or three weeks beforehand I've got people going no we need the cars now we need the cars now <laughs> they are not ready you know so the cars are limping out of, of, of the garages we built to, to create them and being rehearsed with coming
0: back broken
3: yeah.
0: and then going back out again to any, uh, any spectacular right? are almost...
3: um, only deliberate ones only, only well controlled
0: <laughs> safe um, safe ones yeah to, uh, I think
1: these cars are
3: quite dull and like something
1: you can't see falls out and then you know, it's the same as your car braking What do you mean it's going to
3: take twenty-four hours? You know, it doesn't there look like that. Was so. one, there's one car that the um, I want to see whose car, but there was one car drives over another car in a later episode, and um, and the car was was underneath This was not designed to split in half. So there's not be in that. It was the only only one we had as well. I I, uh, I guess
0: at the heart of it, I mean, there's the, the something the car represents freedom, and it has done since that you know someone first on down the road and, and and that's the thing that I think is something we all relate to whether you're the boy racer in Union Street on a Saturday night or whether you're the tourist offround the NC500 or whatever it happens to be that's that's got to be at the heart of this
1: story yeah, if Matthew was here he'd say the TV the feeling what he wants you to get is that moment when you're driving on an on road, you whack the music in your car, and you've just got a moment that's just like, hey, I'm on a journey. He wants that feeling, and he's trying to encapsulate that feeling in this show, so the fact you said that's really great, because that's exactly what he wants. Yeah,
0: the, the drive yourself free thing, that, that, that is, a fit. regardless of, you know, what you think about being stuck in the Highland Roads behind tourists, or what you think about being in the city centre mm-hmm. on a Saturday night, I suppose that's why anyone's at the... Behind
1: the wheel, really. It's, it's it's there's a freedom
0: to it, absolutely.
3: When you've had that moment, so yeah. I think um, I was going to say what I think is so clever about this as well, as though, is that it, it, if you watch all eight episodes in one go, that's how long the race lasts. Mm-hmm. And there's a sort of a, a sort of a linear nature to that, which is fantastic. And I thought think it's been sort of done before, you know. And there's all the flashbacks and stuff. You're not sitting and watching people racing the whole time, but if you start watching that and box it, you know, right through a night. That's that's how long the race takes to get to where
0: it's going, and I think that's a really clever way. Um, are we allowed to see where it ends up? Yeah. Okay. So to it to does to come to Scotland. Um yes, it does. And, uh, <laughs> to, uh, tell me, tell me why Scotland became uh, part of this from the production point of view. Was it a production decision? or Was it a story decision?
2: Um, in the story, um, uh, the um, race comes to Scotland, um, but obviously we were based in Manchester, uh, but we did have a fake Scottish contingent on our crew Um so obviously myself and Tom and uh, Miglet Crichton our um, supervising location manager and um, her location state is also Scottish um, we also had um, on the uh, last two episodes the director of Scottish Brian Kelly and Dennis Croson, DP was the DP on that last block when we shot in Scotland so there was lots of scottish drive <laughs> to make it happen here and not to make it happen in wales which would have been much easier to access would have been cheaper you know there was, you know there was a big drive to come here but you know the only way to actually uh you know see scotland is to come here and film it and it is extraordinary you know we were very blessed we've shot for a week up here and we have the most extraordinary weather and we were here so it shows scotland at its absolute best and it was worth it and i remember fred sending me a text message because obviously there was lots of conversation between us about budget and how much scotland was costing and i remember her texting me after she'd watched the rushes from day one saying it was the right decision it
3: yeah. was it was a dry, that, that really dry hot summer and um, you've got all these cars really re- tanking across these roads in the highlands and they'd be they hadn't rained for a month and a half, and you were getting this these dust balls rising up behind the cars that you can't, you can you can buy, you can't buy that. It just it looked. I mean,
0: specifically where were you in Scotland? You
2: know, because you put it written in the sex list.
3: Cullinistie, Estate. Torridon, Kinloch, Kinloch,
2: Kinloch, Kinloch, I think. Or you.
0: So and and does Scotland become a a, a a kind of a noticeable character then?
3: Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it.
1: Well, kill, um Kiloran.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 story points that have um have yeah there's major story points that come from Scotland that you find out later on, and the race definitely ends up in Scotland and finishes in Scotland. So yeah.
0: On Union Street on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about the scale? Um, uh, you know, uh, what what are we talking here in terms of like, let's say the brass tags, cameras, that kind of thing. You know, how, how big a production is this?
2: Um, we were um, standard two cameras, but um, for the majority of the time we had two units running, and um, so we had um, our main unit, um, and then we had a a second unit action unit, you know, stunt unit is one um, thing and they would uh, shoot alongside the main unit. Although there were times when one unit would be shooting during the day and the other unit would be shooting at night and there'd be a unit shooting at the weekend and you know there was probably about six weeks into the production we became actually officially a 24-7 <laughs> production um, and there was literally we were just you know uh, constantly going. So, and, and that, you know, we needed to do that to keep things going, and we needed to work, you know, we needed cast from one unit to the next unit, which meant we needed to work on Saturday to get that cast member because we were in all the week, and, you know, so, and with their contracts and things like that, so it was um, extraordinary.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there, um, uh, oh, spoiler alert, possibly, uh, so you, could, you can choose that to answer this yourselves, is, 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 is there a possibility that this could go on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The intention is, I mean, maybe not everyone survives. I don't think it's game you know, for the fun of watching it. But no, this is supposed to be the fourth time this race has happened, the last time it goes around the world. Um, there are odd places in which the virus hasn't spread. So absolutely, the, the aim would be, and I think Sky... Are so amazing at branding and looking after a show marketing a show they definitely want to be this could be a start of something else um uh, it, it can definitely return uh, but it's i mean the other thing to say it's not which i hope you've, it's not a beating the monster show that's not what it's about it's about people why they race freedom action having fun and um so the virus really. that's not what the story is
0: okay a couple of uh quick questions before i wrap up and then open out to the floor uh can you can you talk us through the the casting process because you know there there are there are some very recognizable names and uh, were there there people who were kind of like they had to be they had to be got were there people there that you you set out to to attach to this
1: um there was nobody we had to get before the show got commissioned so in that respect we're really lucky um we worked with sky just to get you know sean was someone we absolutely wanted to get and amazing he's amazing and hopefully those two you know he's just brilliant um but in a way what the show does because of the nature of the race meant we could get some real undiscovered stars and they hold their own and um, like the character of Faith, who is the Sean Bean character's girlfriend, like, she's amazing. And so you've got these really interesting um, groups of people that they start to merge as well. So the, I think the casting is really sort of a fun experience. Be, building an ensemble show is really hard. Getting the balance of getting a family that works really well. But I think Colm's really brilliant into that. And Sky are really interesting. And they sort of don't go for their, you know, Malachi's our hand solo but he's not played that part before, you know, and they'll go for someone who's really interesting. There's a there's a sort of a lazier, more obvious way to go with that character, and I think Malachi is amazing because of it. And I think it's what makes Sky Shows a bit more interesting because we're doing different things with casting.
0: Great. Okay, folks, uh, over to you. Does anyone have any questions out there? The Hiya. Uh, that was a great show. Uh, I
1: know you said, like, literally, like five minutes ago, that's like, not a Beat the monster thing, but I did want to ask about them because when I saw the monster appear, I thought that was it looked amazing. I just wanted to know if you can tell us what they are and how, what influenced them. And uh, well, thank you. I'm really <laughs> pleased you said that because there's quite a long way to get me into what a monster. But, you know, they are. It's a virus, so they are human. They're not not human, um, and and. You discover through the show um how i mean that, that episode one tells you that um Michael and Kay are connected um they were at the start of the of what might have happened so you that is sort of a big journey through the series, so I don't want to say it, but they are human um which makes it quite painful, but it's there a lot of the races it gives us the drive of why it's happened, but actually it's I mean, too existential about it this in the world that we're living in the moment it's almost that the government use them as a way to control people so that's what i mean about it not being a monster so if the state uses it as a way you know actually you know the, the, the always the things like nazi Germany, the trains ran on time it's that kind of concept that the state can sometimes use things so that the world is brilliant so actually that's why um uh, Mrs. Donoghue doesn't want to go because she's like, you know what, eight till eight, this is a great place to be, everyone's safe, this is all brilliant, because the state has taken over. So that the creatures are interesting because of what it's pushing people to do, and obviously they become an interesting um, uh, thing to get over and create uh, drama through the series, but it's... Um, and I think yeah they're scary and they're threatening but actually it's about how that affects our characters and how it's affecting the world that they're in that's the hopefully interesting part of it
0: we've only had a kind of fleeting glimpse of them up to now I think we get a bit up, 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 more up close and personal with them yeah yeah okay hide behind the couch and stuff is it?
1: <laughs> yeah but you know I think that, I hope and this is the fear of nightmares that is more I mean that's what Trump exploits. You know, it's that concept of that's how horror movies work. At the moment they rock up, you're like, oh yeah. And actually, this the show is that inspiration of why. Hopefully, it feels modern to everyone now. It's just sort of someone whipping up something. How does that affect people? Well, actually, they'll raise themselves free if they, you know, how far would you take it?
0: Told you have to on Brexit.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, it's a fear. <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're a month away. It's this fear of what's going to happen. What? You know,
2: the
0: monsters
1: just, are coming. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, not. You know. I was just, just
3: going to say, it's a, from a from design point of view, it was a tough one because it's genre and it is sort of slightly in the future, but it's not that far in the future. So, we had a quick conversation early on in prep about, you know, uh, the computers in, in Brookheath and these sort of super labs stuff, are they special C3 monitors and all that? And it's like, no, it's all it's tomorrow or it's now. And that kind of makes a more of a challenge. So, when you stick something that's uh, unusual into what is you know a, a street of today, yeah. it's really hard. So like, so like those curfew boxes you see, we had to kind of we had to we some of the designs were completely out there and, and really cool looking. We kind of had to bring it back and make it really basic and actually then go back almost ten years to kind <laughs> of anchor it so it looks like it's it, you would if you saw that to, today when you walk out of here, you kind of probably wouldn't question it. It's, it's less designed than a parking meter, and that yep. was kind of a, a challenge. And that's that's a cross across all the vehicles and stuff as well, the cars, you, it's what you could do in your garage with a welding kit, Not, you know, not super super stuff.
0: I drive a Volkswagen Polo as well, Tom, and I'm looking to for, for Sean Bean's garage tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I to my car. Uh, any more questions? <laughs> Up at the back there. Um, Fred, uh, obviously as the you're the boss, but I know it's a bit difficult, it's a difficult, in in stereo. Um, <laughs> that Cole McCarthy, the director, is also an exec. How did you sort of split the, the roles as two keep execs?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Um, well, the way I sort of work with Will and Matthew. So Matthew's on in this show as the showrunner, so he's got an exec title to keep that sort of creative vision through. The way Will and I work, I very much basically annoy Suze a lot <laughs> about how we're going to make it, um, how we're going to deliver that creative vision. Um, and very much with this, we've, we've had an ongoing relationship with Colin for years, going back to the deep, We you're here actually, but Ripper Street, Peaky Blinders, we've sort of grown up together. And um, we just got lucky that he'd been away for a long time, it's like, come and play with us in the UK again, yeah, it'd be great. But actually, he is always the smartest, most creative guy in the world. He's so technical, he so knows everything, and he knows so much what he wants. And it made sense for us that he had the co-exec role so he could oversee all eight episodes. So even though he didn't exec them all, he definitely then could have a relationship with those other directors to go, this is why we've done this. This And because sometimes that block to block thing doesn't work or the show doesn't need it, but with something like this as a viewer, you're gonna be watching it like it's an eight hour story. And so it was partly to create that, creative look and fluidity throughout the whole show. And he, it's not a vanity but He's been really, really active all the way through. And um, because there's also an element that you sort of never really get talked about, but the sound work on this show is, ext- I mean, Korn's amazing with um, composers. But they've got the UK, a female uh, UK Beatwatch champion, for example, to voice the monsters. It's things like that. He's just pushing it. In ev- I mean, literally pushes all of us at times. <laughs> um, but each vehicle has its own sound recording so that you're experiencing a real old mixture of everything. And Kong drives that forward, that level of expertise and that level of... Um, quality that he demands is just really fantastic. So getting that across the show, we just felt for this show was really, really, really important. I'm so pleased to do it. I think it's time
0: for another couple. Yes. Um, Anyone else? Yes.
2: Um, you said that it was. More expensive to film in uh, Scotland than Wales, and I wondered why that was,
1: and if you think
2: that might change in the future, maybe with the new studios. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, can I answer properly? It's only because we're based in Manchester and Wales is near. That's the it. only, it's not like a. Cr- that's all I was going to say. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> no, no. But you should say the rest about Scotland. Cause no
2: they're... I think, um, you know, obviously Wales is very close to Manchester, so, you know, to transport the crew and the facilities and the cars. You know and all of that sort of stuff you know Wales would have been uh, cheaper but obviously Scotland was Scotland is in the story and to be true to that you know I wrangled and pushed and squeezed and did everything that I could do to make sure that the budget worked so that we could actually uh, bring it here
1: Can I just say as well that's all right um I'm backing up with Susan because we only actually came for five days but it was two units and it was because of the local knowledge that we could achieve that show. I've got no quite, you know, look, the lead team, everybody was Scottish. You know, the talent's here, and I'm quite annoyed if it ends up staying here because I've been borrowing it for quite a few years now. <laughs> you know, this is one of the hardest, most ambitious uh, UK TV series, homegrown UK series to date, and I'm really proud. Of, you know, I've worked with Suze before, but these are all relationships that will continue to keep growing. Um, I think Scotland not having studios, space hasn't helped, and not being out at the time when I came back ten years ago, we used to get a camera kit from London. It just made it harder. So the easier it becomes for production... There's absolutely, as a producer in London, I've got absolutely no qualms in coming to Scotland and making things work. And actually, the more investments happening, really, really exciting. And the level of work that gets done up here is really, really exciting. So, um, yeah, it's all good.
0: That's music to all of our ears, I'm sure. (laughs) One final one for me. The soundtrack, you start with the Eurythmics, there's no final way to start. Um, (laughs) Who's uh, who's, uh, creative thinking? went into the soundtrack and and why were those choices um, in a future dystopia why were they retrospective?
1: Again it comes through that being in a car, whack up the music um, and I think music is so linked to all those kind of movie references that we've been talking about before and obviously we did Peaky and it's a similar kind of thing that I think you're supposed to have fun with it, we're having fun with the show and if the audience gets that, great and you know, hopefully, This for Sky will attract a really young audience that don't necessarily get these, and then we'll go back and look at those stuff, but as filmmakers, we've, we've it's been really hard work, but we've really enjoyed it, and the, the music is that. It's sort of reverence back to that.
0: Um, One other thing, I see a slightly more serious. No, I, I know, you know, some of the criticism that's been leveled at some of the um, Fast and Furious films or, you know, that, that kind of thing over the years, it glamorises speed, it kind of, you know, it, 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 it It creates an indulgence in that kind of world, if you like, that, you know, seems to sacrifice safety. I noticed there there were certainly a few points in the script where there was a a real, you know, moral pin drop a couple of times. Was that a consideration along the way?
1: Yeah, this is not... You're supposed... The stakes are real for these people. You know, the actors are, I think, the cast are amazing actors. You're supposed to live... They're not having fun, Put that way. we're having fun being with them watching it. But actually, for them, their stakes are really real. This world is scary and they are racing because they see no choice. I mean, Yeah, if it was about,
3: if it was all about the speed, it wouldn't be a Volvo estate, you know. <laughs> yeah. It would, be, it would be something else. And no, this is about character. And it was, and it was actually, I was going to say, well, it, it, was that, it was actually a problem that, that, you know, four or five of the main vehicles can't actually go that fast. So, I mean, actually need them to go fast. you had some guys going... Jesus, you know what the you know, it's so, a so that what, 971 campervan, Billy Zane's supposed to be cranking that on the road, like top speed forty two miles an hour. So that's that's there's nothing I can do about that, you know. So yeah, it was uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I think the the Fast and the Furious is the is misleading. I actually think those seventies sort of ratios, yeah. Of the yeah, the sort of cannibal run is all the yeah. inspiration because yeah, it's 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 telly, it's gotta have drama, it's gotta have real character and real we'll, Jeopardy. Great. I'm off to get the bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Suzanne, Frith,
0: and Tom, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as
1: well.